standing out. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. This week we are here in Shoulder to Shoulder Studios with Chris and Christian. We're going to roll through some of the events happening in the LAFC community right now because, boys, it has been a week. Sadly, and sad donut, we have lost Mr. Lee Wynn. Nothing but love, nothing but respect. Sad to see you go. We ultimately didn't really see him being a part of the roster next year in our predictions last week, but now that it's officially happened, boys, your immediate response to seeing the departure of Lee Wynn, how do you feel? I mean, it's unfortunate. I I think he was good in the community, one, which is very important. Two, I think he was a great option to change the game offensively. He's a very creative player. I think he's... He's very smart on the ball, his possession, his vision, some of his cheeky passes and ability to also take shots from outside the box and free kicks. We're going to be missing an option, I think, towards the end of the game when we're trying to unlock a team if they're bunkered down. So um, those are kind of my thoughts and what, what I see us losing, especially depth in the midfield. If someone goes down again like Latif in the game and Kay's also injured, then who, who's going to be in there as a backup or even as a starting quality, it's, I think we're, we're just that good. This year, at least, we were that good that he couldn't break into the starting lineup. So, unfortunate, but I can understand why a team like Miami would want to have a strong midfielder as part of their team. Yeah, I think that, you know, having the veteran presence, too. You know, Lee has played in a lot of big games, MLS championship games. And you can see that he has definitely got that veteran presence. And so, getting somebody like that for the very first year that they're going to have, I think, was a big pickup. And like you had mentioned, um, his presence off of the bench, I think that he brings a different style of play. It's definitely something that we will miss, you know, because when he would come in the games off the bench, especially, you could see that there was a change in momentum. But I also feel like that this is an opportunity for Peter, like maybe Peter Lee Vassell. Yep. I mean, who knows? Any, I mean, there are other people potentially that we might pick up in the offseason, but it'll give people the opportunity to uh, show what they have to offer. Yeah, I have to say, uh, Christian, you nailed it with calling the protected 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of us had 11 right, but you were right on the 12th man there in being Cisniega. But, Chris, you were perfectly correct in guessing that Lee Wynn would be the person selected. So that does leave a hole in our midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, we're sad to see Lee go. He was such a great force in the community and ultimately provided that alternative off the bench. I mean, yeah. he was the fourth midfielder. But right now, that leaves us with the fourth midfield option of the aforementioned Peter Lee Vassell. We also have Javi Perez and the ghost of potentially exist Alejandro Guido. Mm-hmm. If he is a real person, I'm still not 100% convinced <laughs> that he actually exists. But well, Javi's coming off of the ACL injury, so we'll see if he comes back. He's not going to be able to handle minutes. Yeah. Um, so we kind of need a midfielder. Yeah. I feel like we kind of have to go out and get one. I really don't feel that's an option at this point. Yeah, we need we need another one. I, I think Peter Peter Lee Vassell will get some time. I think he started off the season really well, but with the breakthrough of Latif and then the progression of Atuesta and K, minutes became fewer and fewer. And then with Win also kind of cementing the, himself as the initial option, I know that. On the flip side for Lee Wynn, I think he feels like he's a 
starting quality player. Uh, so he's going to get his opportunity in, in Miami. Huh? So like on the flip side for him, it's probably a good move where he's going to see more more playing time. But for us, I think we're going to lose some depth to your point. I, I really do hope we can make a smart acquisition within the league or talk to some of the scouts down in South America and see if we can get rid of one of the international players and try to bring a, a new fresh face that can compete with our starting three. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, not only was Wynn an incredibly talented player, but he was not an international slot. Right. He held a domestic slot as well, too. So that's that's a big, big hole to fill, both in club, culture, community, yeah. and, and what we see on the pitch as well, too. So obviously, you know, uh, to Lee himself, thank you for everything you did for this club. You represented us extremely well. But I did want to call out a couple stats. When we consider what we're replacing him with, it should be duly noted that he had 1,170 minutes played for us last year. Wow. That's a lot, Mm -hmm. right? However, in that 1,173 minutes, which is over the course of 23 games, 11 starts, he was able to yield 18 shots, 17 shots on goal, four assists, and zero goals. So that is not perhaps the most overwhelming of resumes in that period of time. Now, I know he was big in that second or third pass, the line-breaking pass, being able to create, being able to be that person that feeds the ball around. And, you know, those statistics don't necessarily pick up on that key attribute that he was to the team. But... It still does say that for a person of his history, I mean, he was known as a goal scorer during his MVP caliber yeah. seasons. He was definitely a person that was creating assists and a lot more than 18 shots in 1,100 minutes. So, yes, Lee Wynn played a big role for us, but that role is ultimately, at least on paper, apparently replaceable. And then he was going to warrant a significant salary to come back as well, too. Right. So, I mean, all in all, you know, look, I think a couple of weeks ago when we sat down in the studio here and we discussed what our plans were for the offseason, I don't think any of us saw Lee win in next year's plans as much as we rate him very highly as a player. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was likely. I would have preferred him not be picked, obviously, for for some of the things that you you've mentioned. I mean, statistically, maybe he is replaceable. But one other thing to consider is next year, we have an addition of more games with the CONCACAF Champions League, obviously the Open Cup. So it's going to be tough. And I think there's going to be an expansion of the the Interleague Cup between Liga Amekis and the MLS also. And if, you know, over the next couple of years, LAFC starts participating in more and more competitions we're going to have to have a deeper squad and having him be part of it would have been good but is he replaceable i guess yeah you can say that you could probably find him a less expensive from a salary perspective player also what i would comment to in in terms of his productivity and goal scoring ability previously in comparison to now with lafc he was playing in a different system that had less defensive requirements asked of him so that I think that's tougher for him, and like credit to him to be able to adjust some. But I think I think that that those are some of the observations I had that were difficult for him to overcome because he played a certain way for so long. Like I just said earlier, I think that you know, yes, his his 
goals and, and stats may not have been the most appealing, so they're definitely not that hard to find a replacement for. But I, I think it was his presence, his locker room presence, his presence uh, as a leader on the club. And, uh, you know, those are the intangibles. So mm-hmm. no, for sure. Well, sad donut. Sad to see him yeah, go. Sad donut for sure. But sad donut for sure. That you touched on it with this concept of Liga MX versus MLS players, which sort of leads us into the second huge news that really just broke today uh, as of recording, but we've known about this for a couple days right now. Boys, the city of Los Angeles is not only going to be hosting the Major League Baseball All-Stars. We also July. have the Major League Soccer All-Stars as well, too, are going to be at the bank. And not only is the MLS All-Star game going to be played at Bank of California Stadium, it's going to be against what we had originally heard as a Liga MX side, now we know it's not a club side, but their version of an all-star side in this all-star v. all-star battle. So I'm sort of curious to hear your initial responses to the news that came out today. I'm excited about it. I, I think it's going to be a hotter ticket than than the baseball game, honestly, because there's so many uh, Liga Emeki's fans in LA1, and I think LAFC and then even some Galaxy fans are going to be excited that it's within their city. So I think it's going to be a hotter ticket also because the stadium is smaller than the Dodger Stadium. I'm excited the way they're going to choose their all-stars, right? What? Because they alluded to it's going to be chosen, I think, by the league, but also by the fans. But I want to see how that is kind of fleshed out because I feel like they're notorious for having their the, the league having their hands in how players are kind of uh, uh, guided into certain situations or teams. So I want to see how transparent that'll be and who they choose too, because, you know, they have some really good players down there and to really, you know, have our, our version of the all-stars and, you know, measure ourselves up against them. I really think we can give them a game and I hope we can win too. I hadn't really thought about that because I, I was thinking what you said about the uh, all MLS all-star game being more expensive. Well, not or a hotter ticket, yeah. not necessarily more expensive, but a hotter ticket, right? Because I mean, baseball in Los Angeles is still huge, right? Yep. And especially the way the Dodgers have been playing, uh, the uh, MLB All Star hasn't been in LA for Dodgers uh, in like thirty-two years or something like that. Yeah, we'll just make sure there's no cameras in the outfield for that game. Oh, jeez, oh, <laughs> so shady. Still, yeah, I'm still a little hurt. Of course, I'm sure there are a lot of people are, but. But so I was just thinking, you know, that 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 game is going to be I was thinking that the Dodgers All-Star game was going to be similar prices to like a uh, conference NLCS or potentially even the World Series just in terms of the pricing, because it's it is that is a huge, huge. The 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 Midsummer Classic is a huge, huge event for baseball fans. Uh, but when you put it the way you do and about the culture here and the demographic and the people that would be interested in seeing, mm-hmm. and it's not, and the difference about this being an, uh, Liga Mekis all-star team is that it's, you know, let's say you're a club of Chivas, Guadalajara, and it's, you know, America's the team that's coming to play. It's like, you may not necessarily yeah. want to go and watch, but now if it's got one or two of the players from your team, yep. that's definitely going to bring in more people that want to come in and watch the all-star team from Liga MX. And, you know, I would actually, I think that this, our MLS is getting close to a position where 
East and West could potentially be an option of like an all-star game that way. You know, like a traditional all-star game where it's just our league. It was like that. I know it was. The talent then versus the talent now. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. you figure you've got three DPs on every team and there's 26 teams in the league. That right there is going to be... Enough to fill two squads. Yeah, is it going to be twenty eight next year? I would. There's a debate to be had on that. That I mean, just to bring up a point. Back then, when there was that, there was less teams, and there was enough team, enough players within those teams to fill up two teams. Um, Back then, there were some ballers, like from South America. Right, and so I'm just saying. So I don't. I don't think that it's a problem now to have you know an East East versus West MLS All Star game, and and then that way, you know, it's it's more of a traditional All Star thing. We don't have to worry about bringing these showcases because sometimes people don't really care to see, you know, the other international team that we play in the all-star game because they don't necessarily play their players that are the marquee players for those, that side. And Well, they won't play their entire starting squad. I see that point of argument, but I think for the casual fan, it, it is more exciting. Like last year, it was Atletico, right, against the all-stars, and that was compelling. Well, dude, uh, yeah. We also <laughs> got embarrassed a little bit by sure. bringing in – a full international squad or a club coming to us from mm. an international destination, right? That is striking on all cylinders, playing with their full squad that trains together and plays together every day and has world-class talent. I mean, you know, the Jao Moutinho goal that we saw was just electric, right? Mm. So it kind of was I mean, a Joel, bit Joel of, Felix. Excuse me. Jao Moutinho is our first I'm sorry. number one pick. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Should be doing Same name. that. Uh, Same name. Uh, Gringo has a, a glass of Irish whiskey in his hand. Here, yeah. So forgive me if any mistakes. <laughs> They're both but, Portuguese. Um, so, excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Joe yeah, Felix yeah, um, yeah. came in and had that wonder goal yeah. in the all-star game to put a group of people together who have not played together. It just puts us at a disadvantage. If, I mean, it doesn't make us look appealing if we can't, because then it's always going to be there. Hey, they can't compete sure. with the international players, but it's like, it's, it's an unfair comparison. Yeah, and so I, 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 I mean, I do think that if you do, like I said, you take the West, you take the East. Or if you want it to be a little different, you take north and south or whatever, right? Well, but, this, the whole con- the, but the, I was going to say the counter argument is that they're going to be in the same position. You, these Tigres, Chivas, America, Monterrey players no, are not. No, yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree, yeah, but yeah. we can't play Liga MX All-Stars. I think that's going to be a trend moving forward because I, I, I think Liga MX sees their market share growing here. And I think MLS sees their exposure in Mexico as an opportunity too. So they're trying to cross uh, pollinate a lot more. If you notice, there's multiple competitions and why is that happening? I think this is something that that's been trending and it's been in the work for multiple years and it's finally happening in LA. Well, I think the concept behind the all-star game has always been for the past few years to pit MLS all-stars against international talent to show the value of the league. But we've been inherently disadvantaged by having this amalgamation of players that come just based on their talent from many different teams to play a team that plays together. So the concept of showcasing our talent versus international talent and showing that there is congruency there, that there is validity to the MLS talent base, was somewhat muddied by the fact that a team that hadn't trained together was playing against a team that trained together. So now we're going to be able to put our best talent versus the best talent at La Liga Mekis, and we're still going to be able to see two teams that came together at last minute to play, yeah. you know, and so I think it's going to be a more genuine assessment of talent, but still allows us to showcase our talent versus another league's talent. Right. And I, to your point, don't know if this is going to be the same every year where we play an all-star team of Liga Emeki's teams. I hope so. But I think it would also yeah. be cool if we played an all-star team of 
English Premier League. Oh, man. That's that's hard. No way, dude. I would uh, maybe Argentina and like Brazil. I I think they would play ball or like Uruguay, but there's so much money in the EPL. I mean, you take any of the top five leagues over in Europe, dude. And I mean, if we have a hard time with a team coming, that's a a side where, you know, they might have like five or Mm -hmm. six players that would never even play in an MLS match because they're yeah. leaps and bounds that good. Now you're taking 11 starters that would be so good that they would never even be able to play. And I just think that that would be an obliteration. Yeah. Okay, so maybe not EPL. <laughs> okay, but theoretically, yeah. that could be 10 years down the road. And, and for a few years, we play a Liga MX side, like you said. Yeah. Maybe we go for a South American yeah. division. I just think that there is a bigger picture and more opportunity behind this idea yeah. than behind simply trying to beg some club to come in. I think what's I cool like too. Well, go ahead. Yeah. No, I just I like the direction that it's going. For sure. No, what I was gonna say is, if you recall, you know, the 2019 All Star Game, there was some of the storylines with, you know, Zlatan and his media attention and trying to go for the goal scoring and. Vela and because of the rivalry game, them kind of not really talking during All-Star Week, right? Stuff like that happens in Liga MX all the time where there's like America and Chivas players that don't necessarily get along, Monterrey and Tigres. These rivalries exist over there and there's going to be players from those teams where they're going to have to play together also. So the media attention and the storylines, I think, um, are going to be better on both north and south of the border with these teams and having to play together and try to achieve this goal. And your executive president of Liga MX today said, you know, this is their 25th year, but we're here to spoil the party. That's what he said in Spanish. We're here to make sure that they don't celebrate as a league. So, you know, they're, they're adding a little spice to it. And then uh, so did LAFC and the league here say something, saying something back. So the fact that it is building an, an animosity and this like rivalry and uh, the showcase is kind of being put out there as in like yeah we're here to to basically show you your nation who thinks this is the best sport uh in mexico that the mls can compete and they have a chance of winning i think there's there's pretty good talent at the top of the league in terms of the dps to your point chris mm-hmm. i'm also curious to see who gets to occupy the 3252 obviously 3252 means a lot to me personally sure, that's a good and, question um but i mean that you know, safe standing section is a supporter section. It is not designed for the casual fan. It's designed for the diehard supporter. So are we going to divvy that up amongst 28 teams and they're all going to be allowed to send no supporters way. and Whoa. all of us are going to have to stand shoulder to I mean, to what shoulder? have they done at other, I mean, I guess we would just look to see what they've done at previous, uh, you know. ML- but we're breaking the mold. We're breaking the mold with the opponent. Yeah. Are we going to break the mold with the stands? Uh, is it going to be the 3252? I mean, I mean, you know what? They, so the, those 3252 seats, the safe standing seats, they have that bar in front of them. I mean, what would it take for them to remove the bar and make them actually seats? They could put the seats down and make them yeah, actual there's seats. There's seats there. No, I know. But I'm just saying, remove the bar and actually make them seats. And then no. there is no supporter section. There's no way they're doing that. That's a part of the, like, the allure of the Bank of California. Yeah, Stadium. but you're not going to have the... I mean, are they going to allow the 3252 to just be Who are gonna in? Who are going to be our capos? Are we going to have MLS oh capos, dang. not like LAFC? But again, These are all great like, questions. Well, it's but be? see, again, though, it's it's we, we are <laughs> getting ahead of ourselves because it's it's been done. There have been MLS uh, All Star games at other stadiums, and those other stadiums have fans. Now, whether those those supporters are 
at all like our supporters in the 3252. That's, that's, you know, I a think difference. I, I think that's unquestionable. It's, it's been a different, but pra- I, I mean, I has the, the All-Star game ever been in, at Atlanta? Yeah. Two years ago. Okay. And so, but it's a huge would, stadium though. There's so many more seats to sell. Yes, but did what? I mean, I would just look there. What did they do with Atlanta and their supporter section? I feel like they kept it. So, well, then I, that's... I, I don't know. I have to be honest. I yeah. don't know. I really should have done some research. This actually just hit me like 10 seconds ago before <laughs> I brought up the question. But it's it, a good it, conversation, it does, though. Yeah. It does raise the question is what's going to happen with the 3252? I mean, is it going to become normal seats? Is it going to be a supporter well, section? Well, here's the thing, right? So, you got to think. I don't think because the All Star game is an MLS event. I don't think anybody's season seats are going to be their season seats, right? I thought I was reading online that you get first dibs. You though. might get first dibs, but that doesn't mean you're going to get your seats, right? Yeah. So they, they may not get, let anybody get their seats, and it may just be like, you know. Oh, man. Tom Penn, come on the show. Tell us how this is going to work. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we could work out some <laughs> of the LAFC chance to be MLS chance. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's considered blasphemous or not, but I'm sure we could, you know, swap know. the lyrics. You know what around. I can't wait for? I can't wait for the jerseys. This is this will be the first MLS All Star jersey, jersey that I won't buy. Oh, I'm 100 percent buying. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. I mean, but I'm only, I'm only gonna buy the jersey of the LAFC represented player, right? Of course, like, the Baylor jersey, yeah, right? Let's just, let's just say it. That's a lock, yeah. Well, like, barring injury, knock on wood. Yeah, but no, it's you know, like I had thought about buying the Vela jersey from two years ago when it was in Atlanta. And then last year when it and I was like, ah, eh, you know what? Yeah, I don't I'm, like the I'm, colors. It's not I'm, black or gold. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna wait till he. I'm proud of our players that went out and represented us, but yeah, those kids didn't do it for me. And yeah. I would, I would have, if they had released really amazing kits for those games, yeah. I would have been all for it for sure. No, they weren't. They yeah. were not amazing. Something, kids. something that I would like to see happen that doesn't necessarily happen is I'd like them to have unique numbers. It only happens some years and it doesn't happen all the years, you know, like the first year Carlos uh, wore 11 when they pl- went uh, in, when it was in Atlanta. And then last year there was multiple people that wore 10 and multiple people that wore nine. And so I was like, I would like the idea that it's like, there's, you know, it should be based on voting. You should get number one. If you got the most votes, number, number two, no. you get second most, votes. I think the most popular person it becomes a hierarchy that you get to keep your number if you yeah but yeah, i'm just yeah, saying that yeah, some like yeah. i said last year it was the players got to wear their regular season number regardless of if there was another player like i know that rooney and zlatan both wore nine i'm okay with that well vela also wore 11 up until he came to lafc well no but what i'm saying is that you know when it was two years ago they didn't let people wear duplicate numbers so yeah. somebody had already worn 10 and i forget it's probably rooney no because rooney wears nine no, it was it was uh, someone from Atlanta. Oh, Almiron. Yes, Almiron was wearing ten, so mm-hmm. then Vela wore eleven. Yeah. So I, I hope they do that this year, where it's they there's no duplicate uh, jersey numbers. I just I'd like that. I just like that idea better. I don't know. I think I kind of want Vela to keep number ten, which he probably would. I mean, he probably would. Yeah. But yeah. He, I mean, he would, but it's like you know, you get a different player that. You know, like, let's say Diego's there on the squad and somebody else comes in and is wearing a nine and I don't know, you know, Diego ends up changing it to something else. Like Joseph? Oh, no, Joseph seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that means if Latif makes it and Joseph makes it, Joseph keeps it. Our, uh, let's let's put a wager down. You think what? let you think Latif's gonna uh, make? Oh, yeah, they all. Yeah, I think he, he breaks has, in. He hasn't made it yet. No, I think he was robbed this year. Honestly, 
I think there was a lot of people that were robbed K ahead too. of him. K, like who? Uh, Segura. Yeah, I think he should have replaced Zimmerman. Uh, you know, I, I. This is my opinion. Who did we have representing LAFC? We had Bella, we had Zimmerman, and Atuesta. And Atuesta. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think I feel like K probably should have gotten that yeah. spot over Blessing. So for me to say Blessing was robbed, it's like, well, I think there were people that's, ahead of. That's why I said that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you take the LAFC players off of the MLS All Star team from last year, and you just played LAFC versus the All-Stars from the rest of MLS, I still think LAFC would have given them a run for their money based on the other players that were there. Yeah. And and the form LAFC was in at that particular point in the season. Are you saying against Atleti or against no, the rest of the MLS? MLS All-Stars I'm saying versus LAFC. Ah, oh, dude, I bet LAFC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on, man. I would have bet LAFC as well. Because then that, that goes back to the argument, like, Coaches. training. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easy. But... There was another thing that came out about the All-Star game of this potential option for a five-a-side. Yeah. And so we sort of kicked around the idea of who would be your five-a-side if LAFC were going to go up against any team in the world and you had to pick a five-a-side to rep LAFC, what would your five players be and why? Cisniega, Segura... Vela, Latif, and K. And why? And why? So I think. I mean, Vela is a no-brainer. Sure. Um. So I try to choose players that are good with the ball at their feet in any tight situation. So out of the defenders, I thought Segura is the best out of the four to do that. And Latif, he's just crafty, small, can get out of small, tight spaces. I wanted an enforcer, so that's why I went with K. Someone that's going to kind of stomp someone down if they're getting a little crazy. And then Vela, because he's just the most creative striker. So those are my five. I would do, I, I mean, I would still go with Miller just because. <laughs> you know what? And I thought about it, and this is about to tell you why. Because if it's five aside of the two keepers, he's a better right, one with, with their feet. feet. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I would go with Miller. Uh, and I would go, I agree with Segura. I would actually go with Atuesta instead of K. And that's just because Atuesta has that uh, physicality to him, but he also could. He also and he plays defense. You know, he's that. I think the last few games left me a little bit with a different mindset. You know what, man? It's you. You can't. You can't have two games encompass a body work. Well, I'm just saying. I think defensively. Um, in a five-a-side is different than a full-field game. Well, I but, don't really know the difference, so yeah. I'm just going to... It's, 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 like it's like a basketball court, so it's tighter spaces. So I think I would prefer K, this is my argument, because he's bigger, and there's going to be a higher frequency of contact. Got it. Yeah. Well, okay, well, I'm still picking yeah. Atuesta. Yeah. Segura, Atuesta, Miller, and then uh, Vela, obviously, and uh, uh, Raito. That's know, good. Again, another no, one. No, another that's good. One, no, that's another good. one that's good with his feet. So. That's good. That's a good. That's a good team. So yeah. So because five aside is kind of an endurance match, um, I, I I would struggle with who to pick for keeper. I think there are three solid cases to be made for any three keepers. Um, I would probably go with Edjimadu in this case, mm-hmm. just because 
I feel his distribution is solid and he's quick. And I, I like that combination where I just feel that, A, he's got the reps under his belt at this point in time anyway. Um, Miller plays well at the back, and there's a solid argument to be made for mm-hmm. Miller, but I, I just think Ejimadu has the shot-stopping ability, the ability to play out of the back, and he's just quicker. He and, did just get uh, USL goal of the year from his time playing with FC Tucson. Um, and and I, I rate him highly. I would absolutely have Raito in there for speed. I think he's insanely fast. Yeah. For the same reason, I would also have Blessing yep. because he's a complete engine uh, and works it back and forth. Um, I'm going to go ahead just because size plays such a big role in a five-a-side, go with Zimmerman over Segura Okay. Um, just because I want that height at the back, and ultimately you're just playing probably one person at the back um, the goals are smaller i should have said that yeah yeah, yeah yeah no yeah, no right yeah, right um yeah. so right um so so that's probably k yeah. i agree with you for the exact same reason mm-hmm. because i want that enforcer there tell your then, players no he compared raito to blessing he didn't pick blessing oh yeah yeah, yeah. i thought you i thought you picked blessing and right no yeah yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. yeah. So that's, that's novella. That's, that's, that's my squad. Yeah, novella. Novella. Oh, that is okay. a novella. Wow. <laughs> um, I just I <laughs> okay. don't see him on a five-a-side. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, for LAFC, that, that would be how I would go. Um, could you throw Vela in there? And sure, great. I just think he works better in space. Squad, More space. space. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, I mean, we've seen is, him in games a, yeah, in that's, which that's, there is little space. He tends to wander out towards the side and, and tries to create space. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he does well in those tight spaces. And that's why in a five-a-side game, I would rest him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the, he could get injured, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, so so that was sort of a fun. Uh, that was good. I mean, everyone had a different no, no, perspective. No, no. We all had a different perspective on it. It's yeah. interesting. We'll see how that exactly plays out. Who got the most picks, I guess? That's what I would think. Yeah, about. let us know. Let us know. Leave us a comment uh, yeah. on our social media or, yeah. uh, you know, Twitter or whatever. Let yeah. us know uh, who, who are five-a-side you agree with. Yeah. No, that was and that was a tweet from the MLS. So yeah. I think there's going to be some sort of event where there's a five aside component on that I MLS. I think the skills All-Star. event will be cool too. Yeah. Seeing the skills event at the bank, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, that skills event last time around though, I don't. I, there's definitely some tweaking that needs to be done before I, I'm really on board with that. I think they need to shorten it. It was just too too long winded. I think hockey does a really good skills event. They could take a little bit of a note from that. Basketball, too, actually. Speaking of uh, Brian Rodriguez, there was some rumors about him bouncing around that some of those same clubs that were in for Rossi might mm-hmm. be in for Rodriguez as well, too. I think many of us believe yeah. that Rossi is likely to be sold come to January. and you know Teams like Roma and Fiorentino are, are likely to be in for him. But it seems like some of those same teams that are in for Rossi are also kind of in for Raito at the moment as well, too. The price for Brian would obviously have to be higher, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts about some potential sales this offseason and what you think about the potential of some of those same clubs coming out of Italy that are interested in Rossi being interested in Brian Rodriguez as it, well, too. It would have to be a lot of money. It would have <laughs> to be a lot of yeah. money because, first of all, we don't have 100% of his rights. Well, so just to, to clarify here, we don't have 25% of his rights. Yeah. So we have 75% of his rights, and we bought him for 12 mil. So to break even, We'd have we to would have to 16. sell him for 16 mil to just get our money back, which seems silly. Right. So, so 17 mil is your baseline offer in which you're you're even going to consider selling Raito. Right. And I, I just, like I said, it would have to be a lot of money, and with... 
the way that he has recently been playing on his international duty, I'm just, I mean, he is literally a ticking time bomb of, of just goals that is waiting to happen. Yeah. I mean, we, it would be so foolish of us that if we were to, again, look at his body of work and be like, oh, well, he didn't score any goals last year. So, you know, let's ship him off. I mean, he is, he can put the ball in the back of the net. It's proven. You can see it. It's just a matter of him getting time with our club and learning our system and, and jiving. And I think that if Rossi does get sold, that gives him an opportunity to step up into the role that Diego just left. And I think that that would help him put him in positions to score more goals. Well, that so is if, his natural position too, the if, left side. Right. If Roma comes in with that parking lot money and they want to throw $20 million at LAFC and they just, they just throw 20 mil yeah. out there. So we're making four mil, boom. No, Brian not. Rodriguez is gone. Do you making, take that four million dollar? You make three million. Three. Yeah, yeah, you're making three. Four, well, yeah. Well, well, sure. You'd split some of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of that money would go to yeah. the league as well, too. Right. Because MLS just, so yeah, takes I mean, some you, of that you money make, to make a couple million dollars. I mean, can you to the amount of time that it took to find a player of that caliber with that age and the the amount of uh, potential? It's not like I don't. I don't feel like it's that easy to replace. I think so. A few million dollars to to then have to go and search for a DP of that caliber is for a price point that we paid for him. It just seems like it's it would be too much effort and not enough gain. Doesn't make sense to me either. Physically. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, if they throw twenty five, thirty, you 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 consider it, and you pat yourself in the back with your scouting network also. Because you found him before he was called up to the senior team of Uruguay. Think about that. Like, Rossi hasn't made it. This guy's, you know, barely almost 20, right? And he's starting alongside Edison Cavani and, and Suarez. Look, I think at 30 million, all of us. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so it, it couldn't be outlandish that Roma and Fiorentina could value him at that. It would probably be Roma who has more money. Fiorentina is more of a mid-table team. Um, they're probably trying to get it on the cheap. It's more likely to me, if you think about that, that they come and buy Rossi because Rossi, I think because of Rodriguez, his value could diminish a little bit in comparison where maybe you would have thought that you sell him in January for more than you was, it was considered this summer just because Rodriguez is now there in comparison. It could devalue him or increase the value too. And saying like, Hey, LAFC is kind of a pipeline. Who knows? No, I, I agree that I think that there is a devalue on Diego one, because he hasn't been called up to the senior squad. Right. And, uh, you know, and obviously the Uruguay would, would call him up. They know the talent pool that they have. Right. I mean, he hasn't even been up for a, a training session. Right. And I think part of it is, you know, in my opinion, as I guess a fan of world football and his body type would better be suited for the Spanish league where it's more technical, less rough. Like the Italian league, you do need to be a little taller and like stronger as a offensive player or really one of the craftiest smaller people that's like top 1% of the world because they do not joke around with those tackles in Italy in comparison to like the Spanish league. But then it comes down to, so if you're the buying team to put yourself in, in the Roma or the Fiorentino perspective, like would you rather spend 14, 15 mil and get yourself a Diego Rossi or spend 24 25 mil and get yourself a brian rodriguez i think you'd rather spend the money and get brian rodriguez because you can see 
I mean, again, international play is going to be more competitive than club play. Mm -hmm. Just because of now you're talking about the top 11 players from your country versus the top 11 players on a club. So if he's doing that at an international level, you know that it's there, you know that it's in him, and it's... I think that applies to to like South American international play. Because if you then think about the EPL or Bundesliga, that is more competitive than international day in, day out. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I I think his upside is at this point, at the end of his age, is higher than Rossi's. Rossi, no, nothing to take away from Rossi. Rossi's an amazing player. I, I just think maybe he hasn't shown, at least from the Italian sides, everything that they thought he would do. You know, because why would there, these rumors from the same clubs be coming out? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, you look, Brian Rodriguez, still 19 years old. It's crazy. Uh, crazy. It's and so he, he hasn't even grown in fully into his body, and he's already pretty built. Like, think about that. Which almost makes you wonder, from an LAFC perspective, if you think his evaluation is at X dollar amount right now, what's it going to be at in one year? Yeah. We're talking about a guy who hasn't even scored a goal for us yet. Right. And we could potentially be selling him for twice what we paid for him. I don't know. I, I still think the number is going to have to be so high for ultimately a 19-year-old that, you know, who knows if the money is going to line up. But speaking of his performance with the international team, international duty is something that we've certainly seen play out over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and folks like Raito have done, I mean, you know, scoring that, that wonder goal that he had. I mean, that shot, you know, top right corner. I really wish he would do some of that for us. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see that happen. But we also had some other players out on international duties as well, too. Uh, Mark Anthony Kay, Peter Lee Vassell, Fito Zelaya, who ended up coming up injured mm-hmm. uh, in his game as well, too. What do you think our players performed at as far as their level and their execution? And what does that mean for their role in the team? From the games I watched or highlights I watched, I mean, I think Kay was solid, even though they they lost against the U.S. Um, but they Canada gets dominated possess, possession, just were not effective. Uh, Peter Lee Vasso, I, I didn't watch any of those games, but I know he played a part in the first game uh, and got some minutes in the second game. Uh, I know Fito is a big part of the Salvadorian national team and the fact that he, I think, has a slight meniscus tear in PCL, PCL tear um, is unfortunate and... Uh, I hope he gets better. I just don't know what his role within the club is going to be in the near future. I think part of it was the system, his fitness. I don't know how serious he took it or how comfortable he really was uh, with Bob's system. So uh, we'll see. I hope he gets better soon. And if he really does want to be part of the club, he comes full force. If he wants to move on, then uh, we should move on. I feel like the uh, Fito timeline is coming to an end. You know, I don't, I don't see for the amount of money that we're paying him and the lack of opportunities for him to even be on the pitch. You know, I think that LAFC might look at cutting their losses kind of like they did with Horta, right? It's like if we're going to pay, I mean, not, they're not paying him the, nearly what they paid Andre Horta, but it's like, hey, we can't just keep paying this kind of money for someone who's not even fit enough, whether it's an injury or just fitness in itself. You know, you can't just 
have this guy on the bench or not even on the bench, not even in the 18. And, you know, that money could be used for other players. Yeah, I feel bad for all the hardcore Salvies that are out there that, you know, we're 100% Zelaya because of his national ties. And, you know, I could only imagine if the same played out with someone who had my national ties, right? And and, and all those people who wanted him. I mean, there's Zelaya jerseys yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But his health, I mean, he hasn't been able to maintain health. Uh, his form, you know, he wasn't able to maintain form as well, too. There was a lot of conversation about him not being able to adapt well to Bradley's system as yeah. well, too. I think that's part of it. That's a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. It's some players fit a certain style of play, and, and it might not be the best option to, for him to be here because I think he's used to being part of a team that plays a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2 with a diamond. He has more of a free role, and he's kind of just a true finisher. And here, if you're playing, you have to almost play both ways, and he's not really used to doing that. You know? It's kind of like the player down south that's leaving the league he he was never he was just standing up there basically creating moments when he did receive the ball, but it was a ten against eleven when they didn't have the ball. Yeah. So I guess I mean the elephant that's no longer in the room. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as one of one of our last topics we yeah. want to touch on before we call it a show um, would be to what's going on in in the nature of MLS outside of LAFC, and and the biggest news in what's going on in the league outside of LAFC. Uh, is the departure of Zlatan. So he's decided he's going back to Europe. He's gone. by Felicia. But that obviously takes a huge, huge, huge talent off of the Carson roster. We know they've re-signed Alessandrini. Uh, they're bringing back Pavon. They were able to get a, a ton of money in selling <laughs> a defender. David Romney. Yeah, and Romney crazy. That... I'm still perplexed as to how he was worth nearly three hundred thousand dollars well, on the transfer like market. Like you said, when he was it was probably it was probably pitch. a handshake so that n- they nobody got picked in the. Uh... I can only hope that was the case, but for anyone to think, what did he go for? Two fifty, two seventy five. I think what? it was two fifty in combination of Tam and Gam. I think uh, two twenty five ga- Tam, twenty five Gam. Now, I don't know about Alessandrini. I don't know if they've actually signed him yet. Yeah, that was announced today. Well, and Seba- oh, it was? They, they okay. also uh, extended Sebastian Legette's contract, mm-hmm. too. They did, yeah. Yeah, yeah Alessandrini was re-signed, mm-hmm. Legette was extended, and Pavon was agreed to bring back. I, mean, so I that's, think he'll, that's, he'll become a DP, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, I mean, arguably their DPs, if we end up having three DPs next year, are somewhat set. No, because uh, Jonathan Dos Santos... Yeah, no, but I think the reason he's saying that is because there is um, a renegotiation of with the MLS Players Union. So I think salaries and all that thresholds are going to change. So yeah. imagine, you imagine if what comes out of this uh, CBA is yeah. uh, a fourth DP slot. I mean, I think, I'd welcome that. I think all of us would be fans of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the players don't really like Tam. Uh, I think they don't really see that as being beneficial to the domestic player it's more beneficial to the international player right. or um, salary cap basically yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll we'll see i mean i think there's a lot that's going to shake out so making yeah. a whole lot of roster predictions right now yeah. is a little silly but no but i i think that that would be a lot of fun i think the biggest thing which is double-sided for me is i hope they can get like chartered flights which is kind of cool i know you were on the flight with the team <laughs> and if you happen to be on a flight with the team it's super like awesome but they should be able to kind of have their privacy and 
uh, traveling that far sometimes and having to yeah, like, it definitely makes the team have the opportunity to like bond. perform better. Yeah, well, they get and to also bond. just perform better because yeah. then they're traveling without having to necessarily have layovers and yeah. Yeah. whatever. So um, that that's something that's that might come of it, and we might have a shorter season because of it too. Because who knows if there's a lockout? Um, but going back to the original comment that I made. I do think the rivalry would not have started the same way if Slatan's not here. A hundred percent. This the story yeah, needed mean, a villain. Just, just yeah, I mean his his first. I mean our first game against LA, uh, the LA Galaxy, and how it ended with Slatan coming in at the 60th minute, mm-hmm. and I mean it it that just set the tone for the next. What was it? Two Seven years. Games? Two, well, two years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Next two years worth of games. Oh, I'll never forget. I I wasn't able to get that day off of work, so I had to sell my ticket, and I didn't get to go. But I was trying to sort of feverishly follow the game while I was at work. So popping over to the computer, mm-hmm. doing what I can to to figure out what was going on. And when I saw us go up three nothing, I just the elation at that point. I was so excited. And then one by one, they slowly crawled their way back in. Yeah. And, and when I was seeing the alerts on my phone as to how those goals got scored and how it went down, and it just, you know, I mean, ultimately, that was one of the most heart-wrenching moments as an LAFC fan. And it was so young in the team's history, too. With the f- and, it, you know, and it didn't get any better when they came to the bank and we were up 2 nothing, and then they ended up coming back and we tied 2 That was Orta's special pass. <laughs> yeah, it was well, and, and look i mean orta had the chance i mean he hit the post yeah you know he had the chance to be the hero to yeah. redeem himself yeah. i don't know i'm not gonna go well, throw in yeah. the hero tag yeah. on him just yet but he, he had the hole. chance yeah. to redeem himself yeah. um i mean there was so much storyline and it all gravitated towards zlatan yeah and yeah. i i think uh like christian said there couldn't have been a better villain yeah. to to kickstart this rivalry and I think that his personality transcended the rivalry too. Like he, whatever he said went around the league, just because it was, it was polarizing. It's polarizing. It's in a, sometimes absurd, absurd, and like non-factual, but it gives <laughs> it gives you something to talk about. Yeah, there um, was some truthiness to it. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like even his farewell statement, "I came, I saw, I conquered," with him standing in front of the bank. Could you imagine any major sport in the world if someone were to take a picture in front of a stadium? They never won a game in. And to say, I conquered a stadium you never even had a win in. Um, I mean, that's Laton, right? I mean, he's the only person. I mean, I'm sure he's legitimately leaving the MLS thinking he conquered the MLS, even though he broke no records. He was not in first place in any statistical category. Um, and, and really just, you know, sort of paraded his ego around. And that was all he really accomplished. But, Look, he, he had some wonder goals. He had. No, but he, he, I'll give him this. He did perform 50 goals in two seasons. That's a lot. It's a lot. He just didn't. And it was actually, I mean, he didn't start until like the first six weeks of the season or something like that last year. On the, on the flip side, I would say is he didn't outperform anyone when, while he was here. Right. Right. So, um, but credit to him, he's also like 37, 38. Yeah. So that's, that's also. Incredible. So, like you said, he's po- he is polarizing. He says things that are almost factual, right? And then he is a topic of conversation. So, I think from a hype perspective for the rest of the league, it's not going to be the same for this rivalry. For us here, the two, the two teams and two clubs and the two supporters, it's always going to be as intense. So, it's unfortunate for the rest of the league to not feel it. 
But for me, it's cool that he's yeah. leaving. I think probably their fans are happier too because it's one more player that's going to have an effort for 90 minutes that they're going to have. I do think that he did a lot for the league in the sense that there were now more people probably in Europe that watched MLS games than they ever had in the previous years simply because Latin was playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if that ends up meaning in the long run that the MLS becomes a respected league and we've acquired more international LAFC fans because of it, then, you know, I'm okay with it. Yeah. You didn't win at the bank. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still never got a win at the bank. And you know what? I that was my birthday send off, and I was so happy that that was his last game too. Uh, that, that game is something that I will always remember, and the fact that we got to see our team win at the bank against their team it was a black and gold day. I, Thank I, you, Dio. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dio. Yeah, for sure. Well, with that, boys, I think that'll about wrap us up for today. Yeah. Uh, we've sort of run through the topics that we had on the table for today. I uh, can't end the show without extending our sincerest thanks to Lee Wind for all that you did for us in your time with LAFC. Thank you, sir. We wish you the best of luck off the pitch in Miami. We hope that everything works out swimmingly for you in the community there. We know that the folks in Miami are getting someone who is going to do everything he can in order to improve that community as best he can. And thank you for that. Captain's armband? Is he going to get the captain's armband in Miami? You know, we'll, we'll wait to see what their roster what their full roster looks, looks like. like um, because I don't believe they've signed any DPS yet. Yeah, they do. They have, have they? Yeah. Um, There's two guys that are uh, two international players that yeah. are on loan. Well, they have their rights and they're on loan with the teams yeah. that they had just. Some South American. Yes. Player. Until I see a starting eleven, I think a captaincy might be a bit of a bold prediction at this point. Is he worthy of it? Absolutely. Right. Um, could he fill that role for them and help bring them? But into see the again, league? it could have been the same thing. Like when LAFC started, we had Simon as the captain, even though Velo was our best player. You know, it could just be the person with the uh, the locker room presence. Uh, Matias Pellegrini and uh, Julian Carranza. Those are they're both Argentinian players, and those. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That's, they just have one DP. I'm sorry. Julian is not a DP. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I have a feeling Beckham will take the captain's armband regardless. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Miami doesn't have a huge donut hole that he could kick the ball through. So he's going to miss it. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the funny thing about that was that, that that take for him getting it through that Randy's donut hole, that was like his 12th kick or something like that. <laughs> It's yeah. still pretty cool, though. <laughs> it was still a very, a very cool moment. He had to take his shoes of off, too. And, oh, did he? I think so. Oh, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, I think, uh, as Rich would say, he is part of our history. Yes. Um, you know, he certainly gave his best for us, um, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well, too. And, and all the things he did for the community and, and all the attention paid to him as a Pacific Islander as well, too, and what that meant yeah. to, you know, supporters groups like Tigers and, you know, friends uh, of ours within the PodFam community like LAFC Josh and things like that, that, you know, he meant a lot to those people, uh, which means he meant a lot to the community. Um, and that that goes a long way. 
and and we wish him all the best off the pitch. As long as he's not scoring too many goals on the pitch, and certainly not against LAFC, we wish him all the best. But yeah, absolutely. And th- uh, everybody, happy Thanksgiving coming up. It's the best holiday of the year. Uh, we get to celebrate my birthday with uh, no St. Paddy's Day. Oh, dude, no way, man! Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is the best, dude. Lots of food. Yeah, happy early birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I guess maybe because I have to work from 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day, I'm a little, yeah. I mean, St. Patty's Day is definitely, yeah. like, a great, great day, but, I mean, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. When you have <laughs> your birthday and then Thanksgiving, you got, like, a feast coming Sometimes up. Sometimes my birthday actually falls on Thanksgiving, and that's the best. But, uh, yeah, no, I, was, I always love Thanksgiving. I always felt like everybody got together and had this big old feast just for my birthday. It yeah. never really was because of my birthday, but... <laughs> I like to believe that. Whereas Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's hard for me because I, I typically work every Thanksgiving. So for years, everybody else's family gets together and I have to be at work like eating tacos in the break room. Just oh, oh, Happiest of birthdays. So, such opposite experience. Um, I love it. <laughs> and, and the Thanksgiving experience for me is not quite the same because, you know, I have to say, like, when you work in a customer-facing job, people... Are not, not nice. at their best. They're not nice. People are not at their best during days in which they have to be around their family. Uh, and people have a tendency to then take that out on people they experience in public, right? Um, and so, you know, I mean, I've had a lot of people that are not in the greatest of moods, right, that you have to deal with on those days. So, I mean, not only are you being taken away from your family, but then you have to deal with other people's family drama as well, too. And it, 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 it's... They're they're not easy days to, no, I, to to punch in and punch out. I gotta sure. I gotta tell you my uh, my wife tells me all the time she was you know, you're so lucky that you work at Water and Power because if you ever had to work for customer service or in sales you would suck. <laughs> I just I just don't know how to be nice when people are not being nice. It's uh I think you have your calling then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh people people can be awful, but. Fortunately, the LAFC community are some amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's 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 my my reprieve, my exit from from all that negativity uh, is to come to this place where we get to deal with so many of you positive people out there listening. And if you ever want to come on the show, please, we have plenty of open spots during this off season. Yep. Hit us up on social media at LAFCS2S. And, uh, you know, we'll get you on. Tell your story. We'll have a good time. Jonathan will bring the the drinks, and Christian will provide the ambiance, and I'll just be here. (laughs) You'll be providing the wiring for us, right? Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) And so with that, again, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you in a couple weeks, and uh, take us home, Sticks. Koreatown Liddy Kept my soul mommy About to drop her fifth They want me to stop But I ain't Come to my house I'll defend that bitch